Hello, lovely listeners. Here we are discussing Merge Gate yet again. If you've followed along, you know what I'm talking about. If not, this all started with a salon article that said in its title something I thought was pretty uncontroversial. It said, New Atheists Merged with the Far Right. <gasps> Imagine that! And the real issue began when some unexpected corners of the atheist scene were upset about it. I covered some of that in my previous episode. You can check that out if you haven't already. And, uh, I mean, I really wish we could move on from this, but I feel like as long as supposedly progressive bros are putting out harmful, disingenuous defenses of new atheism... I kind of have to address that because this stuff impacts me as a woman of color and as someone of Muslim background, unfortunately, a lot more than it does people who treat it as just some masturbatory intellectual exercise. And despite understanding the issues with some of these figures, they would rather quibble over individual words and over whether these people are actually new atheists or not. So here we are, and apologies to those of you who are waiting for an episode of Woking Up, I know, I know, but I feel like I can't move on with the more granular, specific stuff while we're facing this recent revival of defending new atheism from the left. I mean, I thought that whether they overlapped with the far right or not was a settled thing among sensible people. And honestly, I know what right-wing atheists were saying about it. That's nothing new. But this has been concerning to me. It has felt like a betrayal, and it has felt personally threatening to be reopening these discussions from the left. I'm just going to briefly rehash it as I saw it. These are my views and interpretations and not the panels. You can hear their views on the panel that's coming up. Anyway... In my previous episode, I covered Thomas Smith's defense of new atheism, and I thought I tried not to make it personal. I engaged with his points. I stuck to explaining why I thought they were extremely wrong and harmful. I tried not to single him out or put him on the spot, because even though I was pretty upset, I didn't want it to seem hostile. But from him, I saw a bunch of posts complaining about me personally on his Facebook and Twitter, calling me things like a liar, abuser, and troll for just saying, hey, maybe don't defend new atheism. He was ranting about quote-unquote victim mentality when it was said that someone in my position doesn't get that respect that a lot of straight white men do in this movement simply because of who we are. I saw him say this was rather convenient to frame my criticism as being about possible privilege from a cis white guy. I had more followers on Twitter than Thomas Smith, so how could that be? I mean... (laughs) I could not believe the stuff I saw coming from people I thought were progressive. I couldn't fathom having to explain the idea of privilege not being related to Twitter follower count to people who I thought knew better. 
I've honestly been stunned at how this stuff echoes a lot of what I've heard from more centristy right-wing types over the years, especially the bits where we are lectured about the fact that we aren't trying to appeal to and convince Sam Harris fans, or how we should stop complaining and expecting the perfect movement to come along. It just sounds a lot like... We should reach across the aisle, be civil, and the left continues to eat itself type discourse, you know? And also the constant efforts to shrink the definition of far right to basically only include self-identifying Nazis that were carrying tiki torches at the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. That too is so reminiscent of IDW-esque, Harris-esque stuff. I'm sorry, but when your last president was a far-right hero, then it's not a tiny fringe anymore. And because these views are becoming more mainstream now, it doesn't make them less far-right. It should just make them more alarming. Why minimize this shit at all? Why? It's just felt like, wow, if you're asked to introspect about your privilege, possibly giving you some blind spots, and sure, that can make you feel uncomfortable, but how do you suddenly end up lashing out and sounding like the people you would otherwise criticize? And how do you not recognize the similarities? I will say that this is not and never has been about negating the entirety of someone's work or progressive cred, though it is being strawmanned as that. This is about examining how certain types of privilege and resulting defensiveness infect things similarly across the political spectrum, leaving people from minority groups to fight these fights on multiple fronts. It is exhausting to, to have to do it over and over and over again. Anyway... I asked Thomas about eight times after all his name-calling, and he wouldn't respond to this one question about whether he had even heard the thing he was complaining about. So my guess is that he didn't even listen to it before he complained all those times. In fact, he was so mad, he claimed that despite knowing me for at least six years, I think, and having me on his show a couple of times, he hasn't ever listened to an episode of mine, which I know isn't true because we've discussed at least one, but <laughs> there's that thing about the podcasting boys club I mentioned in my previous episode, where they do not give me the same respect I have given them. I at least listened to the thing I wanted to criticize and engaged with it, but I do not get that in return. And this is nothing new. I have felt this weird friction for a couple of years at least from several brocasters. And I continue to feel validated about that observation because of the strange responses to my mild critique. I will link you to a Twitter thread about the chronology of all this that I did in the show notes as well. And it is unfortunate there's an overlapping audience in this case. I'm sure many of you are feeling confused and bewildered by this drama. And believe me, I am too, especially considering that people are raging at me without even hearing what I have to say, while treating others saying similar things as me with far more respect. But... 
If you can't see that this isn't a both sides issue here, then I, I can't help you really. Remember that it's always easy to point to other groups when people are behaving poorly, but when it matters most is when you take a principled stance within your own group, as difficult as that might be. In some ways, it seems like nothing has changed. Even as the more left side of movement atheism has kind of broken away from the right-wing types, because here we are in a situation where some left-leaning types are mirroring the same apologetics, and also some others are blaming not the people who started the literal semantic quibbles over the word merge for creating issues, but instead blaming the people who are pushing back and saying, hey, minimizing this stuff is harmful. And that's kind of how it's always been in the atheist scene, right? The feminists and the SJWs were always the hysterical troublemakers, and the ones minimizing the harmfulness of different awful things were the calm and rational ones, no matter how worked up they might actually be. So, since the previous episode, more people have risen up to defend the honor of new atheism in worse and worse ways. The reopening of this topic, you can already see the harmful effects of it. It has delighted and emboldened some of the worst people in the atheist scene, and it is always minorities that are told now, even by some progressives, that the problems they are pointing out are either not real or not at all widespread. Just, you know, fringe of the fringe of the fringe. Now, where have I heard that before? It's just so gaslighty. So, in this panel, we'll talk about the broader issues surrounding all this, but also specifically address some of the disappointing points that Eli Bosnick made. I thought I'd just name him because my lack of doing so last time was interpreted strangely as a hostile move, so why not try it the other way? However, you can't ever win when criticizing people, quote-unquote, on your own side, though I really have been questioning whether these defending new atheism type people are my side lately. But I'm sure some people will have an issue with this more direct approach too. Eli has interestingly refused to engage at all with my actual rebuttals to his apologetics on Twitter. But because these guys are continuously putting terrible things out and refusing to engage with my perspective specifically my perspective. This is how I'm going to counter this stuff, and it is incredibly important to counter this stuff. I'm so sick of people minimizing it as low stakes or saying, this whole thing is so minor. No, no, actually it's not. And that asymmetry in perception is really the root of the problem. For some, it is a minor intellectual exercise to quibble with words like merge, and for some, it is personally threatening to minimize the harm and literal far-right rhetoric that has been widespread in new atheism for many, many years. It is especially important because when it comes from the left, it provides more legitimacy and cover to the stuff that's going on, and some of us simply cannot afford for that kind of stuff to not be exposed. So if you exist within a very privileged group and this stuff matters to you, then it would be wonderful if you could use that privilege for good rather than standing up for 
new atheism, of all things. Even once. Just why choose this hill at all? It's like someone deciding to defend Gamergate after all these years from the left because they enjoy video games or something and have now decided to take criticism of it very personally. Another point I wanted to highlight is that, you know, growing up as a woman in a theocracy that sort of resembled Gilead, no one needs to tell me how important it is to fight for secularism and fight against the religious right. But far-right religious types cannot hide behind a veneer of science, logic, and reason. Far-right and right-wing atheists, however, can advance the same bigotries and agendas while claiming they are the reasonable ones. So that, too, has to be fought. Do not minimize that. Do not stand in the way of that. Defending new atheism. Maybe just don't. Now, let's head on to the panel where you'll hear from several godless content creators and their experiences with the scene. This has never been about demonizing atheism as a whole. Godlessness is fine and good, actually. This is only about recognizing that subsection and rottenness in the organized movement around it. Cherry-picking does more harm than it does good here. So... If you know someone who has been defending new atheism from the left and they are your friend, try to talk some sense into them because a lot of damage has already been done. Don't both sides this shit. And just remember, friends shouldn't let friends defend or minimize the harms of new atheism. And as always, if you enjoy my work and want to show your support and get access to early releases, please consider subscribing via patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. It is because of listeners like you that this show exists and you can help it survive and thrive. And now on to part one of the panel. Yes, it's a two-parter. Make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects and uh, you're not impolite to people. No, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, (laughs) ever controversial or impolite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, ex-Muslim host, Ina. Keeping it non-controversial. Hello, and welcome to Panel 24. We are reporting live from the Battle of Ideas, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I have here today an absolutely fantastic godless panel to discuss this recent alarming revival of defending the honor of new atheism from the supposed left. How about people maybe just don't defend this shit? Ah. All right, let's see who we have on the panel. We've got three YouTubers. Chrissyosity, hello. Hello. How's it going? Thanks so much for joining us. Where uh, can people find you and all that good stuff? Uh, I am on Twitter and also on YouTube, and I'm always Chrissyosity, C-H-R-I-S-I-O-U-S-I-T-Y. So 
pretty easy. Awesome. And we've got Godless Cranium. Hello. Hello. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and on YouTube uh, under Godless Cranium. And we have Vadim from the... Formerly Creationist Cat. Uh, the, <laughs> the channel's name is currently Hey, It's Vadim. Although, if you search Creationist Cat, you will, you will find Hey, It's Vadim. Um, I make comedic political video essays and sometimes uh, around pop culture but through a, a left-wing lens the best place to find me is my youtube channel but also i'm on twitter at hey it's vadim and in case you were wondering my name is spelled v-a-d-i-m not e-e-m as uh, mr t once once spelled it when he gave me an autograph but um, yeah, I, I actually put in three E's. So uh, n- n- none of those E's happened to be there, but I, I, I was polite enough not to point out that he misspelled it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's me. And I'm really uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. And last but not least, we have our far right specialist, Daniel Harper. Hello, Daniel. Uh, hello, nice to be here. Uh, nice to meet everyone. I mean, obviously I've met Ina before, but uh, everybody else is a new, someone I knew online, uh, at least tangentially, who uh, I now get to meet in person, which is nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Daniel E. Harper, and I do a podcast called I Don't Speak German, uh, which is all about um, uh, far-right dipshits and the things that they say when they don't think we're listening to them. Uh, you can find that at I don't speak german.libson.com. Uh, I also have a Patreon uh, if you want to come and give me a dollar for listening to all these assholes. Um, you can do that too. So, yeah. I will link all you guys' links in the show notes. Um, thank you all so much for joining me today. I honestly wish we were getting together here to talk about pretty much anything else because I hate that we have to keep having this discussion, but... Some people would rather we don't move past this and don't evolve as a scene and stay stuck in 2014 perpetually. I mean, I thought I said everything I had to say about the defending of new atheism from the left in my previous episode, and I thought it was all fairly established already. I I, I couldn't have imagined that this was going to be a controversial thing in 2021 for progressive atheists to admit and acknowledge just how far gone the new atheist scene was and it is a widespread problem and that it's not just a few bad apples. But fuck, I mean, I couldn't have imagined how wrong that assumption was because now it's just cropping up. We've got a new rant or diatribe, I guess, from another atheist progressive podcaster, Eli Bosnick. And uh, he's defending new atheism based on some of the same, like, strange, pedantic, semantic uh, arguments that Thomas Smith did earlier uh, that I covered in my last episode. And, you know, I tried the whole thing about being vague and polite and not naming anyone, but, you know, that got me a lot of hate as well, so I might as well just say who I'm talking about and talk specifically about what they said. So here we go. Um, This all, just to refresh everyone's memory, stemmed from a Salon article by Phil Torres titled Godless Grifters, How the New Atheists Merged with the Far Right. And uh, bizarrely, that article led to multiple bros rising up to defend new atheism. I mean, I'd expect that from right-wing atheists. That's not even, you know, uh, that wouldn't be surprising at all. But what I wouldn't expect 
is for people who are progressive and critical of IDW figures to really um, stick their necks out for, for this, to really choose this hill and spend any time on it at all. So that's kind of like what we're here to talk about today and the individual experiences of the people in the panel. Um, yeah, so what are you guys' thoughts on all this? I guess my main point, I think a lot of people are very upset that the article was called uh, New Atheism Merged with the Far Right, right? And um, just for the interest of full disclosure, I had looked at and proofread some bits and pieces for Phil before he put that out. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't like I had a huge uh, part of it. And what I have said, and what I think is consistently my problem is, if your argument is that, sure, new atheism helped along, or aided and abetted, or provided a way for people to get, you know, more access to the alt-right, but they didn't merge with the far right, merge is too far. Like, I think you're upset about the wrong thing. Yeah. For sure. I think you need to be concerned about why this aspect of the movement uh, got so chummy with the far right and, and had them on. You know, we're talking about uh, people who either whitewashed or supported uh, figures like Milo Yiannopoulos or uh, Stefan Molyneux, people like that. And, and I at the same time that they were being very critical of the left and, you know, acting as if the left has lost its mind there, you know, you can't even talk <laughs> to these people, but you could certainly talk to Charles Murray or Douglas Murray, you know, and that didn't change even as, you know, the pendulum swung further and further, right. They didn't really switch gears or anything to balance things out. They just kept going harder and harder and harder at the left. Yeah, so I, I think that that has to be looked at. That's what's important, and it's a lot more important than whether or not merged is the right word. <laughs> like, I probably wouldn't have called it that. Uh, I'm not Salon. You know, I like to be very clear and specific in my putting things forward, and I don't think that was the ideal way to put it. But that is hardly what I'm even remotely concerned about. I'm far more concerned about their uh, their coziness with the far right. Right, right. I mean, I, I, I don't mind the word merged because I really do think they did. But I don't think Phil chose it either. I do agree with everything that Chrissy said, yet at the same time, I guess in the same way that, that uh, these people have been a little kind of overly picky, maybe I'll, I'll, I'm going to be, but I think, I think I'm right here. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the word merge, you know, you can like quibble about it, but if you actually look at the definition, it means a variety of things. It doesn't just mean to kind of like, you know, morph into mm -hmm. something. It also means to unite with, mm -hmm. to join forces, to combine with, integrate. I mean, it has a whole kind of variety of, of um, meanings. It's not just one thing. And under those guises, I think that the word, it, to me, sounds appropriate. 
it it is appropriate, I think, too. I mean, uh, it, they this article left out a bunch of stuff, like for example, how James Lindsay was going with sovereign nations, which I mean, the very name itself should be a tip off <laughs> that mm-hmm. it's a far right thing and Dawkins then tweeted out about how good it was he took it down later uh, when he got called on it but I mean like these are all things that show that they've merged with uh, the far right I've got it in front of me I was actually just going to read the actual title because in in the subhead just to because this is such a tempest in a teapot about this but the title is literally godless grifters colon how the new atheist merged with the far right and then the subhead is what once seemed like a bracing intellectual movement has degenerated into a pack of abusive small-minded bigots and then the article goes on <laughs> to describe exactly how what once seemed like a bracing intellectual movement has degenerated into a pack of abusive small-minded bigots and i just want to just point this out right here at the beginning is that no one in this argument no one in this kerfuffle, no one wanting to argue about this, seems to really care about the actual text of the article. And the actual, like, everyone seems to agree that the article is actually well written and accurate as far as it goes. The whole thing is about this, like, idea that, like, we have to have this semantic debate about the, the, the word merged and who actually are the new atheists and all that sort of thing. And it's like, it's such a, like, isn't this supposed to be a movement based on, like, reason and understanding and communication and facts and reality? And it just feels like this is this is such a, like, it's just so, like, silly to me that this is the thing that we continually have to, like, argue about. <laughs> is, like, we go to the dictionary to determine the meaning of the word merged as opposed to acknowledging the truth of the, of the things that are in the actual article. And maybe we should be dealing with that in a better way than what we are, right? You know? Well, um, well, well, the what the one podcast so seemed to be more about um, the, the longer one. I can't remember. That's who Thomas's. Did it. Yeah, Thomas's um, seemed to be more about being pedantic, even on a higher level than that, because it was like, well, these things are true, but they're not far right. You could find people doing this in the Democratic Party, so therefore, you know, in it, <laughs> right. and in that case, then there's just that word is like the far right itself would just be like the. It, there's no point in using that word, right? Because you could say that about anything, right? Like, can you find people in a leftist group that might believe this thing? Yeah, you could. It's a far-right idea, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, being being xenophobic, that kind of stuff, it's all, you know, I, I don't know. It made me angry when I was listening to it, but... <laughs> I'd like to point out another, what I think is just a, an overall huge mistake that both of these podcasters made in relation to the article, which is that they took it, they both took it as an indictment of atheists everywhere, of, of, of every athe- atheist out there. And, um, you know, the, the article, Dan recited the, the text of the article, and it makes it very clear that it's not talking about atheists everywhere. And then this might sound kind of silly, but but the, the, the picture, it's not a picture of, say, I don't know, a bunch of people hanging around with hats that say, like, I hate God or, or whatever. Um, it's 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 a picture of specific people that they discuss over the course of the article, and it's just like nothing in the text or or the photograph that they supplied should lead us to believe that it's an indictment of all atheists everywhere. But don't you think also, that was they, by design, or do you think that was like? an accident. Like, I think it's very much like a switch, like, like a rhetorical, um, Martin Bailey kind of, oh, here's what they're saying about new atheists 
look, they're talking about all of you atheists who here's the pew poll to show like how progressive atheists are as a demographic group. That's it, that's what I was going to bring up was a demographic. <laughs> so like they they said in the thing like the the okay so like they're more more progressive, which is true in, in polls. But I mean like if you talk to anybody and you say if you give them a poll question uh, to most atheists and say are you pro trans just for example, they're going to say yes. But that doesn't mean like Michael Shermer would say yes. He said so mm-hmm. in a in a in a Twitter thing where he said yeah I'm pro trans, but I don't think they should be competing in the Olympics. Mm. Like <laughs> so he would he if he was taking that poll he'd be in there as a progressive mm. but, you know and yeah I'm, not. I'm i'm pro trans but hey you got pronouns in your bio in your bio um you know i mean yeah. things like that uh like racists don't think that they're racists right right right, like, right. and sam harris also says you know he's very pro trans rights but then he laughs along with douglas murray being incredibly viciously cruelly transphobic saying that people are doing it for attention or you know he recently called it like a social contagion um just awful transphobia is a huge problem in the atheist like online atheist community i don't know about outside of online but i mean online uh they infest uh transphobes infest a lot of the audience i I know from personal experience after i made a video that was pro-trans uh two actually um and uh, after both i lost significant amount of subscribers and support so uh and and i and like my videos if you watch them from before a lot of the times i'm talking about lgbt issues because they're important to me um but i for a lot of atheists, um, those issues are used to like bludgeon religion, mm. and they're not. It's not really because they care about those issues. It's because it's an easy way to get to to hit at religious. Right. Uh, this is so. what they do with Islam, right? Uh, mm. It's like, oh, you know, Muslims are so homophobic, but then you show them an article that says, uh, you know, Muslims in North America are actually less homophobic than evangelicals. And then there, there'll be some other excuse uh, why Muslims are worse. And and that turns into, oh, you know, we got to be careful who we let in because someone could be a jihadist or, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's yeah, such totally. a disingenuous there's, discussion. I think there's a lot of confusion. Like you said, Ina, like this Mott and Bailey thing that goes on because, <laughs> you know, there's atheists there's non-believers, which is a very big mm. group. Um, there are new atheists who are, you know, sort of movement atheists in the um, uh, that either followed or were uh, brought over into atheism after the 9/11 attacks, and who took a very aggressive stance to their atheism. And all of these things are are different things. And, you know, I know that some people object to uh, new atheism because they say, well, people will think that that is just atheists that are new. It's like, I'm sorry, but that's what they were called. I didn't, no one called me and said, what do you think of this terminology? You know, like that's just their, the title that they lived under. Hmm. Yeah, I'm also... I was very frustrated by uh, people saying things like James Lindsay couldn't be considered a new atheist (laughs) because he was not particularly popular or, uh, and that, I mean, he wrote four atheist books. Right. But I mean, how many Amazon reviews (laughs) did they get, Chrissy? 
I don't care because like he was a part of this. Uh, he was a part of this movement. He was not, you know. I mean, if you're the kind of books that you're writing are uh, as as terrible as James Lindsay's writings tend to be, I'm not surprised they didn't pick up steam. <laughs> However, he did meet a lot of the people. And those people continue to retweet him and to, you know, give him a little bit of of boosting now and then as well. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to bring up just very quickly, even though that I don't think that Wikipedia is necessarily an authority on what is or isn't new atheism, I just wanted to point out that all of the individuals that are listed in the article, with the exception of James Lindsay, are uh, mentioned in the Wikipedia Wikipedia article for new atheism, and uh, as is also um, people like David Silverman, Ayan Hirsi Ali, um, there's there, there's a few others that are probably not coming to my mind right now. And I only mention this just to emphasize that it, 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 this is not a rigid, like rigidly defined thing. People have different ideas of what it is, and that's understandable and okay. And uh, they, you know, they just kind of both approached it as though no, atheism is this one thing right here, and it's it's not just one thing. You know, it's. Uh, do you guys understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. it's uh, changed form even too. The new atheist movement has kind of uh, morphed into the IDW and this whole anti woke skeptosphere now, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. like, kind of like they merged. Kind of yeah, like they merged. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. I mean, when you know, I'm putting paints on a palette. If uh, I'm putting my blue and my red together and they kind of merge in the middle. I won't be like they're not merging because the blue didn't turn into the red or the red didn't turn into the blue. As long as they're kind of mixing and overlapping, they're merging. Yeah, they merge on the enemies that they have in common, right? So for them, it's the woke. uh, Evangelical Christians a lot of times have things against the woke so they merge the, they 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 fight together against those fronts that they believe are dangerous to them yeah so. and i've pointed to very specific things where these people have overlapped on like rhetoric and uh you know promotion and uh sympathies towards the far right in my previous episode but um my episode by the people that complained about it the most those are the people that did not listen to it because they kept asking questions about things that I had already answered. Oh yeah. Well, what does she think about this? And it's like, can you just listen to what I had to say? Like, no, no, that's not doable. I know. I know this is not a movement built on knowing things and doing (laughs) research and having facts at your at hand. You only can look at individual tweets and respond angrily in kind. That is, that is what this movement is built on fundamentally. Now, since I've responded mostly to Thomas's very specifically, uh, I wanted to point some of the stuff that Eli Bosnick, who also won't acknowledge my um, existence anymore. We've had no interactions or confrontations about this, but because I guess he found it so appalling that I dared to criticize his friend, 
he, I don't know, unfollowed me and then muted me perhaps because he's not uh, engaging with me or responding to anything I say uh, in opposition to his nonsense points. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, some of the things that he said were really, really something, and I think they should be pointed out, like how he said... Um, yeah. Can, can, I, can I just highlight something here that was like one of my favorite things in the, uh, in the thing is, and, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but this idea that like the that the article that the headline is referring to any new atheist, like lowercase n, lowercase a. Yeah, yeah, this is, let like, me just read the swearing. quote, and then you can yeah, talk yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so he, this, this one thing that Eli says is most people who read that article aren't going to think of four authors and a couple of jerks. They're going to think of atheists who are new. Again, because of how words work. And then he goes on to compare it to when you're talking about, oh, I don't like new movies or new music. (laughs) No one's going to think of like a specific set of movies uh, or music. It's just so disingenuous. It hurts my head because go on, take it away, Daniel. Well, it's even worse than that. Right. And like, I don't know Eli personally. I've never spoken to him, (laughs) but when Eli comes out there and then says, like, you're the ones being smeared, and I love this movement, I love this so hard, everything that we do, all the civil rights that we do in this movement is so important, and this article, Salon and Phil Torres are smearing you, the listener, the heroes who support me in this podcast, and my friend Thomas Smith, you really get that, like, sense of, like, you know, he's he's creating this kind of us versus them thing. Oh, yeah, I found it very creepy. And he's trying to create this idea. Yeah, he's trying to create this like that the audience is is being smeared by this article and by by extension, you know, this podcast and, and my podcast. And you know, the reality is that like we're we're all adults here trying to have a conversation about things that matter. And like, you know, th- this this kind of rhetorical technique. Like I don't think he literally believes that this headline could be misinterpreted this way. I, I, I think that's... I'm happy to kind of treat that in good faith if you would like to have that conversation, but I, I don't think that that's a reasonable interpretation of this headline that anyone can can mean. And the only way I can interpret that little bit of the, the podcast segment that he did is that it is like deliberately obfuscatory and it is deliberately built to... Um, you know, kind of create this, like, bond between the listener and uh, the host, uh, well, you know. Also, though, like, atheism really doesn't have much to do with anything besides atheism, right? Like, if, if you're if you're fighting for social justice, it's because you believe in social justice issues, not because you're an atheist, right? Like, you can be an right. atheist and believe in garbage, as this ar- as article clearly points again. out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, true, uh, true. It, and a lot of times, that's my critique of a lot of online atheists, is that all they talk about is that God doesn't exist, God doesn't exist, but what else do you believe? Because you could be giving Patreon money to somebody like Richard Dawkins, you know, uh, like somebody with that kind of personality, mm. um, and not know it, because they never talk about anything else besides atheism, which, you know, it's pretty easy to talk about. So That actually reminds me of another thing that he says within the podcast, which I thought was a little bizarre. Uh, At a certain point, he claims that the, I mean, he recognizes that Harris hasn't always been a a good faith actor or has said some yikesy things, which is good. But then he goes on to say that the major pushback to Sam Harris occurred within atheist circles. And it just makes me think, 
what reality are you living in? Because I've seen such, uh, you know, a wide variety. I have seen some atheists push back against Sam Harris, but I've seen a great deal of people who were not atheists who did so. And the overwhelming majority, I think, of at least the the online atheist movement and those who are influencers certainly still maybe they'll point out some things about Sam Harris that aren't great, but overall they still very much respect him and will not call him out nearly as much as I think they should. But uh, yeah, I don't think that's being, my point is I don't think that that's being spearheaded by the uh, atheist movement by any means, this pushback against Sam Harris. No, the idea that Sam Harris has been rejected by the atheists is just ludicrous. Yeah. He's one of the most celebrated big-name atheists to this day. And pushback uh, against him comes from everywhere, including some atheists. Like, we're all atheists for sure. Mm -hmm. But that is not who is the most popular people in the movement at all. Yeah, that's that was the point I was going to make, is that the, 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 the popular support lies with people like Sam Harris and his supporters. So they don't, it doesn't lie with people like me yeah. or even Vadim. Uh, or me. <laughs> although Vadim's bigger than I am. But, I mean... Um, that's not where, like, if somebody makes a video, like, if I, I guarantee if I made a video, which I might do sometime in the future, you know, about Sam Harris, and it was really negative, uh, I would get, I would get tons of uh, pushback from that, probably from other atheist creators that support them bigger than I am. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just not true. It's, (laughs) yeah, I mean, and the idea that, um, the new atheist movement, even if you define it specifically, includes only just four authors and a couple of jerks. That is absolutely not true. This is kind of like the Sam Harris thing, uh, where you want to define something you don't like so narrowly, and also like a religious apologist kind of thing, like how conservative uh, Muslims do this all the time. Like, no, 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 these are not true Muslims. Terrorists, no, not true Muslims. ISIS, no, not true Muslims. You know, it's like, uh, that's highly convenient. Someone you don't (laughs) approve of is not a true Muslim or a true atheist. And someone you like, those are the the true ones. Yeah, that's... Well, well, even when Dawkins got his Humanist Award stripped, uh, how how many people that were, you know, in the atheist community were mad about that? Like, there was a lot. (laughs) A lot. I made a video saying they were right, and uh, I got a lot of pushback, and also there was much bigger creators than me saying, yes, they they shouldn't have taken that award. No, they should have. Like, (laughs) he's not a a humanist, right? Like, I mean, if you look at the the picture of the four horsemen, there's two transphobes, uh, one that defended the two transphobes, and someone that's dead, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, that's that's their identity. That's That's who they are, so... Yeah, I mean, and notice that like Daniel Dennett kind of like left these circles a long time ago, and does not like kind of he doesn't get the kind of uh, uh, acclaim that these other guys do. You know, like Sam Harris, I just looked it up on Spotify, has the number six science podcast in the world. Um, I wish that I were as as uh, marginalized by the atheist community as Sam Harris is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also had the number one podcast for a while with um, Ricky Gervais. Right, totally yeah. not an, an atheist either. A new atheist. Not a new atheist. Yeah, he's not a new atheist <laughs> yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, really, really. The, you know, if we talk about someone who really never talks about his uh, his atheism or his disdain for religion, certainly, 
<laughs> you know, Ricky Gervais would be high up on that list, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but these guys it's are not new, right? They've been around for a few years. So you can't really say they're new atheists. It, it's also kind of weird to be concerned about representing people yes. like me, right? Like, like I hate that when, like, if I say I'm an atheist, they're like, oh, so you're like Sam Harris yeah. or like something. I like that. I, I don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> well, but, that that really kind of touches on something that else that I wanted to bring up, which is that um, in in the uh, in Eli Brandt that we're talking about, he really, in my opinion, minimizes uh, uh, the importance or the relevance of online atheists, or meaning YouTube atheists. And I, mm. I wish that wasn't the case, because I'm not crazy about the general uh, YouTube atheist sphere. I, I, I think that at best, you have to be kind of a milquetoast, um, uh, like a, a centrist in order to survive in that environment. But these people are literally getting hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of views for their videos. They are very much influencers with, with within the community. Um, and uh, it's, it's just like, I... I just think he's he's wrong about that. I like 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 they and not only that, all those people. Uh, let, let me tell you uh, just a, a quick story. I've had over the course of my uh, time on on the internet, I've I've had patrons come and go, and I've literally had, and I'm not going to name names, uh, but I've literally had three people who were reasonably successful. These are people with over a hundred thousand subscribers who were um, successful career atheist YouTubers who wrote me. And they said, listen, you know, I, I want you to know that I really enjoy your channel and I actually agree with a lot of kind of the political points that you make. But could you do me a favor and not put me in your um, in, in your credits? Because, uh, like, unfortunately, they're. There are, uh, you know, it's, it's not an association that would be good for my brand. It sounds kind of slimy the way that I'm saying it, but the, they wrote it in ways that, that I did not personally take offense. And I think that that says a lot, you know, that the, 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 there, are, there are YouTubers who, who will kind of bite their tongue and are not speaking on certain matters because they, they understand that the entire YouTube um, uh, like atheist sphere is is at best centrist and you can't you can't often speak out against people like Sam Harris and Dawkins without getting a lot of you know a, a lot of flack. Yeah, there, it's either you either have to be a centrist or you have to be um, or you can either be right centrist or just not talk about it at all ever. Like just talk about what, just talk about that there's no God and the reasons why, and <laughs> and don't talk about anything else. And and I know a lot of the YouTube atheist, you know, creators, and that's what they do. And uh, and also a lot of times what they'll do is if if there's somebody that's causing waves or whatever speaking out, they'll get together and say let's not talk about this person. We'll pretend that they don't exist, and then their channel will die. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, it happens to me. It happened. It happened to me, and it still mm -hmm. happens. Whenever I talk, like all the time, I spend more time criticizing atheists now than I do religious people because they're uh, to me they they seem like a bigger issue. Uh, but I mean, maybe not a bigger issue over overall. But I mean, in my sphere, where I kind of like 
go, you know, move around. Uh, right. Online. People should be concerned about their own circles too, right? Like we can do two things at one time as well. We can be critical of the larger religious right. And also, wow, our circles here are doing some disturbing things. We must speak out against this. Well, yeah. And it also is just, I think it, to me, for me, it, it it's, it's hypocritical, right? Because you're always, you're, you're saying like stuff like, well, the Catholic church won't, uh, you know, admit that they're wrong um, and stuff like that. And then, your movement is doing the exact same thing. So yep, yep. Uh, and and do you think this is kind of like why uh, there is a certain amount of tribalism uh, in people who are still kind of very heavily invested in their identity as an atheist, or even more with people who like say have atheist in their brand? And you know, I know you have godless in your brand, mm-hmm. GC, but. Um, like I, I know Vadim and, uh, and myself, we have both suffered from speaking out against this stuff in terms of our Patreon and growing our audience. Oh, yeah. But I felt that it was something that should be done uh, because I didn't want to be holding my tongue or pandering to these types of people. Um, and uh, I just wanted a better audience, you know, people that I relate to. I did not want... That's exactly the same journey that I'm going through. Like, like I, I, I went six months without uploading anything uh, because after I put out a video um, criticizing a larger creator, um, my comment section was uh, at least 50% transphobic, and, um, you know, I, it really affected me uh, mentally, Um, and Mm. really made me like question what I was doing online. Cause I was like, am I doing something that has made it seem to these people that I'm the person they want to be listening to? Um, like, am I, am I contributing to this transphobia in some way that I'm not aware of? Um, so I took like six months where I just thought about it. I almost quit YouTube and, um, you know, I came back, but the reason why I came back and is because I think that there's not, there's very few, you know, leftists atheists in the community and i want to create like a space where you know people can say you know they don't feel alone like other leftists right other trans people other um, minority groups right so um i know that's why i came back but uh you know and then and at the time i thought you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold back from now on when i see other atheists doing shitty things online i'm gonna talk about it uh, which i've done so um yeah I, i know exactly what you're talking about i lost probably two thirds of my Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. I've lost probably two or 3000 subscribers. Uh, and I still do subscribers. Every time I put out a video, I lose more subscribers. Uh, so I've, I've, I've definitely been there. I'm, I'm actually curious because Chrissy said something in the opening and maybe that was before we started recording. She said, um, you know, that it, it depends on, on the day, whether or not she really wants to be, to identify herself as an atheist. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering, Chrissy, like, you know, when, what 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 was like your journey like like when 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 did all of this did did that um uh, that label start kind of you, when did you start realizing that that label was just kind of not the best thing ever well i mean there's a, there's a couple things cuz i came on when i came on in youtube there was this um extraordinary anti-feminist, mm. anti-leftist. Um, the schism had already happened between uh, and Elevator Gate, and all of that had happened previously. 
And um, so what happened was I came on and I was more talking about feminism. I was talking about um, leftist politics in general. And, of course, a lot of the people that uh, embraced me were other feminists and other people. And, and I also met up with certain atheists. And uh, so, like, I remember, I don't think he does videos very much anymore. There was this guy, Oscar Jungel. He did a lot of skepticism and atheism videos, and we were uh, very friendly. And he kind of was like, oh, well, come on to my channel, and, and we're going to talk about, you know, completely... Uh, actually, we were going to talk about astrology and Dr. Oz because he had a thing. <laughs> um, and I just told him, like, you're going to lose subscribers if I come on your channel. And he did. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, yeah. the, the, doesn't this? Sorry, sorry the, the, not to interrupt, but like, doesn't all of this just say everything you need to say about the reality of this response from from these guys? That no new atheism, you know, the atheism, the atheist movement is pushing back against this. It's better than this, and then like every person with the with kind of an, an atheist branded following has said oh yeah by talking about left-wing issues i actually lost a ton of subscribers and like lost a lot of money and it's been like incredibly hurtful to uh, my mm-hmm. prospects it's it's i mean it's just it's not <laughs> even just that i had the exact same experience as chrisiosity and uh, in that, in that as well i had um uh, a trans creator that I really liked um, at the time and um, I wanted to help <laughs> promote their channel and um they told me uh, right out, they said, if, if you have me on your channel, you're going to lose subscribers. And I was like, no. Like, I talk about LGBT issues all the time. What are you talking about? And uh, and sure enough, uh, it happened. <laughs> you know, it was like a couple hundred, but um, definitely got pushed back in the comment section as well. So, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, it's definitely a problem. Like it, uh, I, I can't even, I don't even know how to emphasize the transphobia that's present in the atheist community. Like it's, it's, it's really toxic and really bad. Like it's not just a few people. It's, it's a good chunk of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And similarly with the anti-Muslim stuff, right? Like I used to feel so alone in, especially because the ex-Muslim scene is like an even smaller niche of the new atheist scene. And, Possibly even more reactionary and because like they're fetishized and they're propped up and rewarded based on how awful they can be. You want to compare Muslims to Nazis? Oh yeah, here, take a Sam Harris retweet. Sam Harris called (laughs) this woman who compares Muslims to Nazis all the time his hero, not specifically for those tweets of hers, but indirectly he props people up like that all the time and it is just horrifying to witness you know so when i am like this ex-muslim that's not towing that line immediately i'm ostracized and shunned and piled on and it's just been so hurtful to see supposed progressive people from the atheist scene who i thought kind of understood what was happening here to repeatedly minimize and just dismiss these experiences of minorities that are really have been harmed and hurt by this scene, it just comes across as so pompous and arrogant and privileged. And they, I mean, they don't even realize how they sound. It is appalling. 
you know? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll let uh, Daniel talk more about this quote, but at one point... Um, <laughs> I know where this is going. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Eli was saying, you know who's merged with the far right? Evangelical Christians. People chanting Jews will not replace us at Charlottesville. Those were Christians and politicians, uh, you know, making bills, banning CRT. And you don't get to scale the meaning of far right back to interviewed a racist on their podcast when it's convenient for your dialogue. And this is not a defense of their podcast. It's a defense of the English language. Oh, man, there's so much to unpack there. I mean, right off the bat, just like Harris didn't just interview a racist, he championed the racist. It's not one racist. And Right, right, right. Well, I guess I'm talking specifically about Charles Murray here, but yes, there are other racists. And and, and on top of that, he, he agreed with like it's It's not like he had these people on and was like, you know, fighting against everything, you know, against them tooth and nail. It was like, um, yes, you really have uh, a good point here about skull sizes um you know i mean, <laughs> I mean i'm being uh, joking slightly but you understand what i'm saying he, he, yes some some uh, pedant is gonna come and say point me to the exact quote where he said you have some good thoughts on skull sizes like <laughs> he kind of set it up to that he was telling a hard truth right like it was a truth that nobody yeah. else wanted to talk about is how he forbidden knowledge forbidden yeah. knowledge yeah mm-hmm. Um, so there's that as well. Um, but Daniel, why don't you talk more about the Charlottesville uh, <laughs> yeah. Jews will all those, not replace all those, us. All those Christians in Charlottesville, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, first of all, you know the term alt-right, like new atheism, uh, etc., is is a, like like many political labels, is a, uh, a loose uh, changing term. It kind of fits the thing that it fits, and so. So uh, one thing that Bosnick does in that in that uh, podcast a bit is he kind of conflates far right with alt right a little bit, which is I just I think that's just sloppy thinking on his part. But like as someone who has spent many years now delving into the furthest reaches of the alt right to people who are further to the right than the alt right who think the alt right are cucks, believe me, I understand what's going on in this movement and. Uh, no one, to my knowledge, has ever done like a demographic breakdown of like all the people who marched in Charlottesville on August twelfth, twenty seventeen. Uh, but I can tell you that the uh, the three uh, kind of ringleaders of the of the alt right movement in uh, August twenty seventeen were uh, Richard Spencer, Andrew Anglin, and um, uh, Mike Enoch, uh, Mike Pinovich of the, the Right Stuff, who is the uh, the main host of the, the the podcast The Daily Showa. In case you want to know just how awful this stuff gets. Um, all three of those people were atheists um, and are atheists. Um, Anglin may have some kind of weird beliefs because he's kind of just an ultimate troll and I don't know kind of where he is, but he's certainly not like an evangelical Christian. And in fact, most people came to the alt-right because they were rejecting the kind of like evangelical Christianity of their parents. And like this was a really common recurring theme. Um, Christopher Cantwell, the crying Nazi, uh, came out of the atheist scene. Like he comes out of he comes out of libertarianism more precisely, but he was then and is now a self described atheist. Um, when you do find uh, religious people, you find this sort of like weird kind of Norse uh, paganism is pretty common in certain you know uh, segments of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know sort of sort of like Orthodox, like Eastern Orthodox or Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox. Some of these guys kind of kind of come from that scene. But the number who are like kind of traditional evangelical Christians of the kind of moral majority. Jerry Falwell type, 
it's just not true. I mean, it's just like you do find that occasionally, but that is a vast, vast minority. And if you're claiming that those people who are saying Jews will not replace us because Judaism, because of Judaism as a religion, you just fundamentally don't understand what was going on at that time. And that's fine if you don't understand it, but you shouldn't be talking about it. That's that's my opinion of it. Um, yeah, and I also did a podcast called Are Too Many Atheists Veering Towards the Alt-Right with Chris Stedman and James Croft back in 2018, atheist activists. And I'm just going to read like some stuff from Chris Stedman's Vice article on the topic. Um, Richard Spencer, the white supremacist and movement figurehead who coined the term alt-right, discussed his atheism last year in an interview with atheist blogger David McAfee. When he did the interview on his own website, Spencer retitled it The Alt-Right and Secular Humanism, leaving no doubt that he sees atheism and humanism as linked to his cause. Although, like, the version of humanism that in- involves peaceful ethnic cleansing is no uh, form of humanism. <laughs> obviously, obviously. You know, but... but I mean, n- neither does um, Dawkins' uh, you know, abort Down syndrome babies humanism, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. If I could um, interject, like, in no way, I think, are any of us trying to minimize Christofascism or Absolutely the not. extreme right Um, evangelical Christianity and the harm that they do, which I think is devastating and I think we are all just enemies of completely. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we are just refusing to take a blind eye, therefore. Uh, um, I was looking up some stuff today, you know, uh, in 2015, they looked at Reddit threads and they found that the atheist Reddit thread was the most um, bigoted and racist and promoted that stuff the most. Uh, It was like the red pill, opiate Anthony. That's exactly what my next quote was going to be. Yeah, exactly. There's definitely (laughs) nationalists like like Lauren Chen, for example, that are just as dangerous as, you know. And and if I could uh, just continue, it's very frustrating it's very gaslighting to have had these people come after you and then being told they don't exist you know it's uh, yeah i know that some people have said oh well you're just talking about online atheists now and first of all i don't have the details on online atheists versus non-online atheists and i don't think anybody else does either i don't think they're hermetically sealed off but we are concerned with the online atheists groups, because as with the far right and the alt-right, they do a lot of um, looking for new recruits online. That's where they go. Right. That's where a lot of this stuff happens, so that's why we're concerned about it, the stuff that's happening online. And I have trouble believing that it's just the online atheists who then never go out and never want to be in, uh, you know, say, go to a convention or anything. And that puts marginalized people who would also go to the convention and maybe not be online atheists, that puts them at risk, that you're not looking at this, you're not taking this seriously. Let's face it, atheism is a white male demographic, largely, people who call themselves atheists specifically. So that leaves them open to being a key group for the alt-right to look at and the far-right to look at for 
uh, recruits, and especially if they can convince you that your enemy is women, your enemy is brown people from Syria, you know, as opposed right. to what we know that your enemy really is, that are more uh, have more power and have the ability to harm you in your real life. Right. The more that they could just pull you in. And, and also, like, Sam Harris, for example, said that, you know, atheism didn't have an estrogen vibe or something. Like, so, if it, <laughs> like, you've got, like, the, the misogyny that runs through. But all, one other thing I wanted to bring up really quick uh, is that, um, you know, online atheism also has, like, a history of of kind of, like, bringing in that debate bro culture. So, like, they'll support podcasts or debate-style places that just really treat minority issues as if they're uh, something for, like for entertainment yeah. and stuff like that. And that, that culture is also very, like very, very damaging to, you know, anybody in marginalized communities. So I, I think that's one other point that kind of merges with the, with the right wing because that, you know, you, you, the whole idea is to find a right winger that uh, is a bigot and then find one that's not a bigot and then face them off and pretend that you're impartial and that you're just having this conversation and like they, they should, they're both equally valid, but they're not. Right. So <laughs> I think that's very dangerous. And I think online atheism has done a lot, done a lot to kind of bring that culture to YouTube and places like that. So. Right. So let me just read this other quote uh, from the same article that I was reading by neglecting to address its darker currents, online atheism has perhaps unknowingly planted the seeds for the alt-right's harvest. Three years ago, Reddit's atheism subforum, perhaps the largest community of atheists on the internet, was found to be the website's third most bigoted. Meaning, not just tolerant of overt displays of bigotry, but actively supportive of them. Last year, the Daily Beast revealed that the study's most bigoted Reddit subforum, The Red Pill, was founded by Robert Fisher, a Republican state lawmaker who is also an atheist. So once again, what was um, Eli saying? Uh, you know, you know who's merged with the far right? Evangelical Christians, people chanting Jews will not re replace us at Charlottesville, and politicians making bills banning CRT. I mean, I think all of those can be disproven. Who do you think is helping the politicians making bills banning CRT currently? It's James Lindsay and Peter Pugoshin. I, I want to say real quickly, uh, sort of piggybacking on some of the points that, that have been made uh, recently, is just that... Um, I, again, in both of these podcasts, the individuals, I think they, they, they make these points that are like, you know, be, be because of this, because of attitudes like this, we're not able to um, focus on things like Christian fascism and, I guess, more broadly, just, just the negative effects of um, religion on our culture. And I, I think that that's too bad as well, but I think that it's actually, you know, I mean, you have to think about it, and it's like, well, a big reason why the atheist community is not kind of the... Um, I don't know, the uh, uh, teacher or just, just the critic that it could be, that it's not taken as seriously or not as effective in being uh, critical of these things is because of the fact that so many of these people who are the main influencers do have these right-wing tendencies and ties and have statements and actions. Do you hear me? It's like, it, like it, it, yeah, it could, we, 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 
I would I would love to be a more vocal proponent for atheism if it was if I felt like it was in a place where it just didn't have all this other baggage mm-hmm. and there therefore you know under that 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 um moniker or that you know that 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 group I I, I could I could advocate for certain things it just I feel like by now bringing in atheism into the conversation um there's just all this baggage that comes with it and i can't effectively talk about um you know social justice issues without understandably turning people off so it's it just sucks i also think that youtube uh youtube kind of bears some of the responsibility as well right because their algorithms and stuff like that um well a they kind of push people to stream which means that you're not going to get Uh, I'm not trying to put down streamers, but I mean, like, a lot of times you get streamers that just talk and then they make really bad points because they haven't researched it or they haven't watched the entire video, stuff like that. So, you know, that, uh, but that helps the algorithm. And also um, they monetize hate, uh, like, there's that. But also, like, I think what what online atheism did was it, it started out with religion, but then they had to find another quote unquote religion to attack once that got boring. And so they moved on to feminism and then from feminism, they moved on to like race and, you know, CRT and that kind of thing. So uh, I think that's kind of like the trajectory that it kind of leads. So it's, it, it's also like if your whole brand is to attack people and stuff like that, um, you know, and I have, I have some of that on mine. Like I do a lot of response videos um, then you know, that could be a road that it leads down. And I think people have to be aware of that and like stop it before it gets to the point where it is now. Right. There was another point that he makes that is, I guess he's offhandedly joking, but I thought it was very manipulative regardless. Um, you know, he's, he mentions, um, you know, what the conventions are like, are any of these people at the conventions? <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, it, forget the fact that like, they're not talking about conventions at all within, within the article, but more so at a certain point, he says like, I, you know, no, no crosses were burned when I was there, maybe after I left. And I, Again, I know that he's making a hyperbolic joke, but it helps serve this idea that you have to do the most outrageous, most blatantly racist thing in order to like be far right. No, you can or or, or, or merge you know, with the merge, far right. Merge with them, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's just like a like a chasm between. Like, like you don't have to just do that. There's there's so many things in between that, and so by saying that, he's he's like kind of creating this false dichotomy. If they're not burning crosses, well, then they're not far right. Hmm. And also, yeah. what yeah. about I mean, the... And also, Charles Murray, Charles Murray did burn a cross in his, when he was a teenager. But not right. at oh, an atheist way. conference yeah. while wearing a new atheist t-shirt. Not at an atheist conference. No, well, we don't know. We don't know. He didn't describe the circumstances. But, <laughs> um, it, it might have been an atheist conference in uh, 1962 or whatever, but, you know. <laughs> but if it was he, at an atheist conference, was he wearing a T-shirt that said, I am a new atheist? <laughs> well, and again, when we talk about conferences, uh, they mentioned some conferences. There were some conferences they very specifically didn't mention. Yeah. And they very specifically uh, also didn't mention some of the issues that have gone on that really have never been resolved. Uh, so you get somebody like... Um, 
people from atheism plus talking about how they want to um, put in things about sexual harassment. Then you get Thunderfoot all upset about it. He's definitely a new atheist. He goes to conferences. He loves the debates. And he's saying exactly what these guys are saying now, which is our real enemy is Christianity. Stop bitching. You know, like, stop making noise about this other problem. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal. You need to focus on not dividing our wonderful atheist group because we need to fight Christianity. So I don't really want to hear that from people now who say that they're progressive, you know, because then you have Thunderfoot going into Gamergate, going into all these other bullshit um, right-wing stuff because he's so mad that somebody said, well, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, He specifically mentions the reason rallies, uh, Eli did. And I personally, I don't know if anybody else was around for it, but there were huge controversies because of just a few basic progressive safety rules about not harassing people that were put in that had people go nuts. And it really, it hurt turnout. It hurt, uh, all kinds of things. So, like, by not acknowledging these issues that they are continuous, that um, they keep popping up, you know, uh, I'm certain it hurt not just people like me or Godless Cranium last year when um, the whole debacle with the Austin... uh, ACA. The ACA, yes. Uh, came up and and they were uh, the whole issues around transphobia this these are harmful and that they keep happening is harmful and that we're never dealing with the the basic problems and really looking at this not as a problem of one-offs but as a problem that is a consistent issue within this particular movement if there were if this was as i kind of had said if this was a problem was with feminism, and there are problems mm-hmm. with feminism, turfism is a big problem with feminism. Do you think I deny that? Do you think I minimize it? No, you fight. That. Though to, you to be that fair, order. there are many turfs that are just not feminist at all. They don't brand themselves yes. in any feminist way. <laughs> True, but yeah, that's I, I have no issues when someone is trying to frame themselves as a feminist to say that's some bullshit feminism right there. It's also always incumbent on the marginalized person or community to be polite to the people that are attacking them, (laughs) which is a real problem. It's so fucking frustrating. So here I was making a politish rebuttal, uh, addressing the points, not singling anyone out, um, and talking about really how hurtful and betrayed I felt, how hurtful it was and how betrayed I felt. Um, by someone who I thought was in my corner, kind of minimizing these things and using their platform to defend something as atrocious, as bigoted, as new atheism. And then I was called by Thomas Smith, an abuser, a troll, um, and he said that, you know, he agreed with someone saying that I was enjoying his pain because I did a laugh emoji and just it, it's a, it's a, it's those laugh emojis that are really those are the real symbols of bigotry. I, <laughs> I mean, I felt 
felt like I was in some kind of bizarro upside down world where I am a minority person who people like my family have experienced violence. There was just an attack in Canada where a Muslim family taking a walk was driven over just because of their appearance. And that kind of stuff terrifies me. And there is so much anti-Muslim rhetoric that has come from this scene in the past years. It has terrified me and it has put me off completely. As much as I dislike and want to criticize Islam, I do not want to participate in any anti-Muslim bigotry. That is all I was asking, is that please re-examine your minimization because it can really hurt people like me and other minorities. And I was called the abuser, and I was called the troll, and I was supposedly enjoying his pain because I did a laugh emoji at some point. Just absurd. Whereas he was playing the victim while saying, oh, what is this victim mentality? When Daniel said something about, oh, Ina, you know, she has a lot of experience with the new atheist movement, but doesn't get the same respect that a lot of other people do because, you know, because of being an opinionated woman in the scene. And so Thomas went under his thread instead of responding to me. And he was like, what is this victim mentality? And, oh, that's a convenient way to frame it. Anyone who disagrees with Ina, just a cis white male, blah, 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 blah. Is this like something you expect from a progressive man just being asked to re-examine? Perhaps he might have some blind spots because of his privileged perspective. It's just been so eye-opening. Just to pick up on the thread of the the, the kind of Islamophobia stuff, um, you know, it is worth noting that uh, Sam Harris wrote The End of Faith, which is arguably the beginning of New Atheism, was the publication of The End of Faith, um, immediately after 9-11. He starts writing this book specifically to examine the mother load of bad ideas, which was um, Islam, um, and uh, was kind of brought to kind of like the bestseller circuit and kind of became a big name in part because that's uh, during the period of the kind of rah-rah Iraq war mm-hmm. era. And it's worth noting that like Dawkins, uh, Harris, and um, Hitchens all kind of built their early careers on being proponents of the Iraq war. And so uh, not to get all like, you know, Noam Chomsky manufacturing consent on you or anything, but it is funny how like the people who became like kind of the figureheads of this movement, who became like the big names, uh, were precisely the people that were advocating uh, an aggressive U.S. foreign foreign policy that murdered like a million Iraqis. Yeah, and uh, now they have ex-Muslims who are translating IDW books into Arabic and sending them to Baghdad because they haven't suffered there enough already. <laughs> I'm no, looking. just bomb us. Just bomb us more. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Was um, there was also another part in that article, in one of the podcasts about how Sam Harris was being unfairly maligned <laughs> for being, like, to being like Trump. Yeah. But, I'm, yeah. But, I mean, like, that that is true in the sense that, like, I mean, Sam Harris uh, is, you know, probably, you know, not as bad as Trump. But, I mean, in the sense that his stubbornness mm. is pretty Legendary. much up there Trump, right? Like it's like, yeah, like I mean, like uh, like that one podcast where he he wanted to look at Muslims in airports or something. Uh, <laughs> the profiling, profile them. yeah, uh, yeah, and then he had like a, an actual pro- like somebody that was actually a security expert come mm-hmm. on and explain to him that it wouldn't work, and then he was like, "Well, he's just too woke" or something like that. Like it was just, <laughs> this was this was an extended email exchange in which one of the many in which Sam Harris has had his ass handed to him uh, very handily. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what Trump would do, right? Like if Trump 
if if you told tell Trump that he's wrong about something, he'll just continue to say that he's right. He's the best at everything. He knows everything, you know. And Sam Harris is like, well, I can meditate and not see my face. Yeah, you know, what yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty close, right? Like, I mean, yeah. To me, well, it's a fair I, comparison. I do think that there are some really interesting parallels that you can draw. Obviously, Sam Harris is chiller. Obviously, he's smarter. Obviously, he reads sometimes, yeah. which is all things that I'm not sure you would accuse um, Trump of doing or being. But he is, it's not just that he himself is always right. It's that everybody who criticizes him is crazy or they're horrible or they're bad faith. Mm. Like never in his entire life has Sam Harris been criticized by an honest person. It's amazing, you know, and, and these kind of attacks, I think it's also interesting to note that, you know, these are, we're both talking about a couple of very privileged people who were, uh, came from very wealthy backgrounds you know, his his mother uh, was that Golden Girls yeah. person. They haven't necessarily had to uh, ha- ever, like, be out and be a working class person living in, and doing their own thing. So they they have these backgrounds of privilege. They don't take um, criticism well at all. They don't they just plain don't take it. It just it, there's always something wrong with you if you're criticizing them. Because they are always right. Well, Sam Harris called me mentally ill. So, yeah. yeah. I, you have to be yeah. mentally ill if you're going to disagree with Sam Harris. You can't be of sound mind and not mentally ill and, uh, you know, telling the truth. Other IDWs also share this foible, right? Because, I mean, like, uh, for example, Dave Rubin, uh, whenever he gets criticized, will go on Twitter and be like, they're trying to they're trying to pull me down and silence me. And same with we- the Weinstein, at least Eric Weinstein, uh, does pretty much the same thing as well. Yeah. That, uh, well, you know, there are always they just some block. big conspiracy, like trying to silence their yeah. Nobel Prize-worthy uh, views or something. Yeah, but Sam, but Sam Harris is too, right? Like, I mean, like, he thinks that people are are trying to bring him down and he's right. And, and they're just trying to be dishonest. They're not, act, they don't actually believe that, you know, they're just being unfair to him. Right. Like that, it's the same kind of mindset, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, they're just trying to cancel his high level ideas. Like, like, like Dave's. <laughs> but, but um, I just want to point this out. I know that this, this point has sort of been made, but it's just, this was literally said and in, in these words. And I think it's so ridiculous at a certain point in the, in the podcast that we're talking about, he literally says that the atheist community won't have Sam Harris anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just, he says that like, what, what, what planet is this? Because what what multiverse is this? You know, it's 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 like maybe if you shrunk the entire atheist community into like Steve Shives, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to second that. <laughs> Let's just do that. Um. It's it's funny to me that uh, one of these examples that Eli was using. Well, you know who 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 are the atheists that they're talking about? P. Z. Myers? No, not him. And it's funny because P. Z. Myers himself disagreed with Eli on this minimization of the harm of new atheism on Twitter just yesterday or today. He's like, this is gatekeeping. You know, I've experienced nothing but abuse and pylons from from the scene. And Eli was like, oh well, I haven't experienced any of that. I'm so sorry you have, but. 
And, and not only Gee, that, I wonder why, Eli. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you're just yeah. um, going to praise this stuff, there's going to be no friction. You're not going to experience that. Not, not only that, PZ Myers actually said that he uh, identified at one time as a new atheist, and he disavowed the term because he was just like, "This, this, no, I do no, I no longer want to be identified as this because mm-hmm. it's toxic." So um, that's that's another interesting PZ connection with all of this. PZ wrote an entire blog post just completely like co-signing the uh, Godless Grifters uh, Phil Torres piece. By the way, so uh, like you know, there's no there's no question about where PZ stands on this. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, just like such dishonest comparisons, like um, you know, would you stand for something like how Jews merged with the far right because Ben Shapiro exists? Uh, you wouldn't accept that, so why would you accept this? You know, it's not. All the same. Does anyone want to um, elaborate on why it's not the same? You just wanted to tee that one up for me, didn't you? Go for it, Daniel. Uh, In his rant, there was something about Al Sharpton. Do you think BLM is uh, bad because of what Al Sharpton said? In he references he references Jesse Jackson. That was his his tweets, but in his rant, he references Al Sharpton. Okay, well. A, this is complete ahistorical nonsense because, like, it turns out that there are uh, divisions between, you know, like, high-level members of, you know, kind of the civil rights era uh, in the in the 60s and uh, the the Jewish community. Like, there was anti-Semitism that happened in the in in that in that place and uh, later, including including the 80s. There's a, a very prominent example in which uh, Jesse Jackson used an ethnic slur to describe uh, New York City that was, you know, referencing Jews. Um, this is one time in 1984, and then kind of a continuing relationship with Louis Farrakhan. Now, Louis Farrakhan has been thoroughly criticized by many, many people on all sides of the political aisle for his vicious uh, homophobia and anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis Farrakhan has been kind of like, I mean, he's still alive, but he really has not been of any kind of degree of like huge importance since the mid-90s. And, of course, there's a conversation to be had about like when can you ally with people who have, you know, kind of odious views in terms of kind of building, uh, you know, kind of social movements that, that work that out. There's a huge complicated uh, conversation around that, which Bosnick completely elides because he's trying to compare atheists and Jews as, you know, kind of like equivalent, you know, uh, groups. And, um... I'm not even saying that I want to kind of argue this on the merit. Like, I don't feel like Bosnick's tweets on this regard have even enough content in them to be worth discussing, is what I'm trying to get at here. It is so ahistorical and so divorced from any kind of political reality around the actual real divisions in the civil rights era in the, uh, around this topic that it's just completely meaningless drivel that no one should be considering in the slightest, if you want to be like an honest, like serious, good faith person in this conversation. And honestly, again, I find it pretty despicable that Bosnick on this like salon article decides to go to, yeah, but what about, what about anti-Semitism from Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton? Like it's, it's, it's just, 
sorry to get emotional about this, but it is it is as someone who studies far right movements and who studies the history of racism and civil rights and all this kind of like complicated stuff. As someone who spent a lot of time on this, to just kind of blithely throw that out, it is absolutely, absolutely disgusting to me. Just wanted to pop in here to add, um, because I guess I forgot to make this point while recording, that this is just absolutely not comparable because Sam Harris, Dawkins, Shermer, Ian Hersey Ali, Pinker, these are not random atheists that just happen to have overlaps and sympathies with the right and far right. These are the most prominent celebrated names and faces of movement slash new atheism. These are the influencers and people with the largest platforms and the ability to shape the movement. And they have. Ben Shapiro isn't the face of Judaism. He doesn't shape it. And like Daniel said, this type of comparison, especially when bringing BLM into it, is just so disingenuous and ahistorical. You know, when he summarizes the uh, towards the end is his arguments he says literally something to the effect of uh you know i have it here how in the shit fuck could that help the movement so eloquent yes i know i know um and, you know and he's talking about the entirety of the article and i you know of course i think at this point we all realize that that's not what the uh article was doing but let's say hypothetically that it was um I don't think that it's necessarily the job of the writer to create a piece that is like going to further the uh, you know the, the kind of goals of of atheism. That's a weird thing to say, but but I, I can't think of another way to put it. I mean, it's just he goes on to say that social justice is is what atheism is. That's I'd I'd love that to be the case, but I don't think that that's really the case. And I just, I just think that, um, you know, when, when it comes to how in the shit fuck could that help the movement, it's just like, I mean, to me, the main reason why the movement isn't where it should be is because the main influencers out there, as I said before, are are these people that are being discussed in the article still. It ha- we haven't moved on from there. They're still the most popular, and and they're their early work that they did when they were officially new atheists and new atheists was officially a thing. I, you know, it, it still reverberates within the movement and people still like, cite these, the, their books as, as being incredibly influential and whatnot. So, and now their podcasts, even if they aren't specifically talking about atheism, or even if they haven't listed their podcasts under the atheism category, <laughs> Or even if they're not burning crosses at atheist conferences, they still speak to many, many people in the new atheist movement. They still push them further right. This whole movement, very few people, even right-wing atheists, very few of them are still stuck on just atheism. They have either moved on to anti-wokeness, anti-CRT, or the left side of atheists have moved on to other stuff. So it's, again, it's such a dodge to say, oh, they're not specifically talking about atheism. Yeah, but that's how they're staying relevant, is that they're talking about the things that people are talking about more now. 
what would really help uh, secular movements online would be to uh, like honestly engage with the criticism that is coming into it and then do something about it. Yeah, to stop making (laughs) excuses for this. Like, absolutely. This is why we are not moving on from this conversation for the past, you know, two weeks. It's not, if some right-wing atheists were to make, you know, some angry blog post about Phil Torres' article, it wouldn't even register, because I don't really care. It's established those guys are assholes. They have zero credibility uh, with me and people that, uh, you know, I think... Uh, listen to me or, you know, just in the same circles as me. So it doesn't matter what they're saying, really. But the people who are making excuses for this on the left are very, very alarming to me because they're reviving credibility for this scene, which over the past few years has received a lot of well-deserved criticism and has been exposed to a great degree. But they are now trying to pull us back and defend this shit. So that's why we're here. It, it would also be good if, like, like there's been so many opportunities in the past and, like, recently for the atheist community to come together and defend minority rights. Yeah. And they've either just stayed silent or actively defended abuse against minorities. So, yeah. Uh, if they really wanted to, like, fix their movement, then that's what you would need to do. You would need to get enough either new content creators or existing content creators to say, this isn't going to be what our movement is about. We're not going to um, attack minorities. And if you do, then we're going to stand against you as as a unit. And that doesn't happen. What what usually happens is a big atheist creator makes some kind of attack against minority group, and you'll have a sporadic amount of people that you know, are usually small, uh, saying, no, we don't agree with that. And then the bigger ones just either stay silent or they'll bring it up or they'll both sides it or, or something, right? Like it, yeah. given out to that, cre- to that creator instead of just saying, you know what, this isn't going to be, yeah. we, we don't want this. Like we don't want this in our movement. We want to, we want to make that the tent we want to make includes minorities, mm-hmm. uh, not bigots. <laughs> um, and we'll not treat minorities as if that they're something that we could argue um, in very calm terms about how we should or shouldn't treat them or if it's okay. You know, I, I mean, when we talk about someone like Rationality Rules, who was uh, sort of the the figure at the um, right in the middle of the ACA drama last year because of his transphobia. Um, Both videos still he up. Is still a, getting views, by the way. He is obviously a very much in the mode of Sam Harris. He he's like a clone of him, you know, in many ways. Like, that is clearly who has influenced him, where he is coming from. Uh, There's so many parallels you could draw between the two of them, and not in a good way, because he's, you know, he's no... uh, He's no uh, better at looking at things that are complicated, like, um, if you want to talk about Feminism, the Middle East, Islam, Muslims, that is such an incredibly complicated historical, cultural uh, conversation to have, but he just wants to look at it in very ahistorical, acultural, uh, you know. The problem is, uh, if you see here, it's the Koran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. End of story. Like, no, uh, you know, black and white, try- black and white, black and white. 
But, yeah, rationality rules uh, is is very much like Sam Harris and, and uh, Mr. Dave Rubin because I, I mean I, I haven't checked out his channel too much, but I remember after the whole whole uh, you know debacle that you're talking about the transphobic stuff, he very soon had uh, uh, Sargon of Akkad on on his channel, and they had this like very faux debate. I don't even think you could call it a debate. It was very chummy. They were laughing at each other or, you know, at each other's jokes. And, you know, there was no, um, but like, I'm, I'm fine with having a debate with that gentleman, but he wasn't pushing against anything that he had to say, or if he was barely at all. And of course, yeah, that is very much like Sam Harris. Sam Harris is having these people like Ben Shapiro and whatnot. And they're, you know, when, when there are uh, like matters of disagreement, it's, it's not like he's pushing that hard. And overall, those people are getting um, a push from from him, and he is kind of framing these people as people who are just like 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 they're great because they're they're willing to have these calm, rational debates, and that's the yep. same thing he was doing with Sargon. That, and, that's what yeah. he did it with Stefan Molyneux too. He had mm-hmm. Stefan Molyneux on, and they talked about yes. ethics as if you would ask a white nationalist about <laughs> ethics. Like they have no, they have nothing uh, to say about that. So, uh, so I said in a tweet, "Listen, you, uh, you should, probably shouldn't be having a white supremacist on." to talk about ethics and cosmic skeptic jumped in and said, no, I support this. This is a good idea. And then, you know, even other atheists on Twitter were like, I think GC is right about this. Like, (laughs) you know, and then they did this debate and not once did he talk about like any of his uh, white supremacy. They just talked about this weird thing, even though Stefan Molyneux kept trying, kept pushing to try to get RR because he, he, he literally says during the debate, like something like, um, uh, yeah, you you know we're we're not too far apart on a lot of issues, right? Like, sure, we disagree about this one issue, this ethics thing, but other than that, we're we're pretty thin, you know. Like, so it was obvious that they, he was trying to feed off of RR's audience, and I, and I think RR was feeding off of Molyneux as well. Um, so, and, and he did the same with Sargon of Arkad, and he spends his time making videos praising, like he'll start off the video praising them, like like Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. um, and things like that, right? Uh, I mean, when Tim Harris had uh, an ex-neo-Nazi on and he criticized Stefan Molyneux too hard, Sam Harris's audience got super mad, and Sam Harris is the one that ended up, uh, you know, cutting out uh, Christian Picciolini's criticism of Molyneux, as well as his own criticism of Molyneux from that podcast. So, I mean, the connections are just endless. You could just talk about these overlaps constantly. And speaking of Sargon and atheist conferences, it is interesting that MythCon hasn't been brought up, you know, with all the Kekistan... I was going to say, we haven't even brought up MythCon. Yeah, with all the Kekistan flags (laughs) and the Pepe flags and shit. Uh, (laughs) I mean, at this point, like, MythCon, it's it's a completely... I'm not saying that it was ever this fantastic thing, because I don't 
truly know what it was like in the beginning. But now you have people like who run it who literally believe kind of QAnon shit and like you know the I don't know if you know who Jack Basobic yeah. is, but he's this like OAN um, reporter who was one of the main PizzaGate yeah, yeah. uh, like conspiracy theory. You know and they, they they have these people at MythCon and and they and they like a Christian, but um, you know it, it, which is like uh, okay, but this is like you know it started out as an atheist conference and. <laughs> just yeah it's it it it, it, it's i mean that's that's just another great example of of how atheism in general whether you want to call that new atheism or what has gradually morphed or just merged with the right and and has become increasingly just not about atheism it's 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 about just a whole variety of toxic, horrible things from anti-feminism to Black Lives Matter or a bunch of terrorists to, you know, what have you. That's exactly how the grift, the grift happens, though, right? Like, it started out talking about atheism. They got, gathered a certain amount of audience doing that. And then they moved on to other things, which are like what they, they kind of push as being like religion, right? Like ideologies that they disagree with, like feminism mm-hmm. or wokeism and all that. And that's how they make their money, right? Like that's that's literally like they just did what all, you know, the new atheists have kind of done, right? Yep. Uh yeah, so here's a quote that I think um was really interesting. This is from Eli's. What movement has ever been made better by lying about it? What cause has been made better by scaring new people away from it? And, I mean, to me, this is just such a stunning lack of self-awareness because I feel like this desperate grasping at straws and this desperate denial just because your brand has atheism in the name of it, that is the lying that is the scaring new people away from it because I just saw someone on Twitter recently say that as much as she dislikes Sam Harris, there are some like supposed progressive bros that keep her away from the atheist scene because of their constant denial of the widespread issues and hatred that she's experienced in the scene. So how how do you just say this about they've already pushed away like uh, trans people they've pushed away women yeah. I mean before before I switched uh, before when I was just doing atheist content if you look at my YT uh, whatever they're called uh, stats or whatever like I think something like ninety six percent of my audience was guys yeah right like that didn't change until I I realized what was happening and like changed my content um, and it's slowly reverting back like going back but I mean that that's 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 just what atheism's like online, right? Like, that's, they've already kind of, I, I don't know how many times I've been told by people, look, I, I, I like atheist content, but I don't, I don't want to be part of that scene because it's just, it's terrible, right? Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's so true. So, it's know. cringe. I mean, that's, uh, honestly, like, there were a lot of reasons why I, I went from creationist cat to hey, it's Vadim. Partially, it was that I had been doing the character for a very long time, and uh, you know he he may come back here and there, but um, still, like I uh, that was part of it. But I also wanted to rebrand because I just wanted to 
you know, I, I recognize that people saw me, whether I liked it or not, as kind of part of the whole atheist slash skeptic scene, um, which unfortunately has all this toxic baggage now. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? It's probably better that for, for me to not have these, these direct associations anymore. Um, and I wish that wasn't the case again. I, 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 yeah. I've always always wanted to ask you, Vidium, how did you like sidestep becoming one of the alt writers like it seems like almost every other atheist content creator at that time was making like anti-feminist stuff and i don't think you ever did so i don't know oh, how, you, how gosh, did you yeah miss that's that the, i i will try and put this in as succinct a way as i can because i could like go on for a long time about it it was hell it was it was it was definitely hell uh like seeing the I, there were just so many steps along the way where i thought like oh my god the the atheist skeptic scene can't get any worse than this uh, and then and then literal nazis are, are are being like brought on for for conversations for polite conversations and um, not on this show it's not, not on this show true 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 um um but 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 uh, but yeah, I um, I very early on, uh, I'll just say this: in the very beginning, I bought in slightly a tiny bit into the bullshit. I did not like seeing all of this because I've always had friends who are feminists. I've always had friends who and and and, and yes, and I considered my, my myself such. But I always, uh, you know, I came from New York, came from a very open-minded. Uh, I was always pro BLM, yada yada yada. And there was this very brief period where people were all of a sudden people were demonizing SJWs. And I thought a lot of it was crap, but I thought, you know, I haven't been around. I've been living in Florida. I haven't been in this. Maybe, maybe uh, there is this trend that's going on and maybe it would be good to hold up a mirror because it, you know, it would be good for people to kind of, um, just uh, reevaluate a little bit and maybe we can calm down. But then I realized, no, I'm being a, f- a fucking moron. Uh, they're cherry picking things. Mm-hmm. They're making a lot of things that really aren't a big deal into a big deal. And I, and I realized I actually did make, I would not, none of it. I never made any content that was hateful. I never made any content that was, um, you know, really, I would say incendiary, but I made some content that, sort of like fell into that and I started getting good views but then I realized oh my god this whole thing is because I just thought I thought people were going to move on from there like in a in a month or two and then I realized no this is being weaponized by the right you know, like I started noticing, like just uh, like uh, people like Milo and 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 people like Paul Joseph Watson and Stephen Crowder were being kind of uh, like uh, just greeted with open arms, whereas one time they were very, yeah, like, Ruben had a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah, and so I was just the, there was a point where very quickly I just realized, okay, I'm an idiot. This 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 is bad news being used for the wrong reasons and I don't want to feed into it. And the last thing I'll say is for a short period of time, I wanted to speak up and I didn't because I knew that there were going to be repercussions against my channel. Mm. And then it just got so bad that that's all I ended up 
doing, I got more and more vocal about criticizing people who were considered either atheists or skeptics. And yes, it had, like you, it had a terrible effect on my channel, on the growth of my channel, lost over 15,000 subscribers, lots of Patreon money. Mm -hmm. And I would say that my channel is in a better place than it, 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 it uh, has been in a long time, but it's still never fully recovered. It, does, it never like got the momentum that it had then. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'd, I'd rather like be able to look at myself in the mirror mm-hmm. than, um, you know, not had spoken up about that stuff. So there you go. Sorry if that was a ramble, but it's just like, there's a lot I left out. Believe me. <laughs> Yeah, I've been through a similar journey as well, but it, it you see it can be done. It can be done if it if it matters to you. And just it, shooting out it shows it shows that all three of us have had the same pretty much the exact same experience. Yeah. Um in terms of how we were treated and how what happened to our channels and our patrons mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh so yeah, definitely. And then you end up being uh, you know, ostracized from that community as a troublemaker yeah. or a drama merchant or yeah. some something like that when really the the drama is the people that are attacking you know people that can't or, or have a harder time defending themselves right right um, and then so. i mean just here are some more quotes that i would love to hear uh, you guys's responses to um Surely religion hasn't done anything problematic lately. Surely the real problem is an associate professor at Portland U who can't even get tenure because he's a joke. And then there's one where this is an excuse to sit back and do nothing until the perfect movement comes along. Then when there are no assholes, no disagreements, that's when I'm really going to roll up my sleeves and do something. So that second one is what I was talking about earlier, about how if they actually want to change things, it's not that you're ever going to have a perfect movement, but you're going to have a movement that actually um, cares about issues and will stand up to people outside of or inside or outside of that movement that threaten that, right? Like, so, you know, against trans people, just for example, you're going to have, if the core of atheist creators were stood against RR, that would have, that would have been a huge turning point. That could have been a huge turning point. I remember saying at the time, let's make, let's make a video, like all of these people that I, at the time was, were close with, let's make a video in solidarity saying that, we support trans people. We support trans people's right to to. Um, it's really a human right to compete at, 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 in the gender that they that they associate with. And um, and I was turned down by by every major. Um, I had like minor atheist channels, like uh, you know, like me. But I mean, like you, you know, a couple hundred or whatever say yes. Mm-hmm. But the the larger ones, the ones that were over ten thousand subscribers, say um, all set. What they said, no, no, we talk about that on our channel all the time, so we're not mm-hmm. going to do that, right? So stuff like that, mm-hmm. like they just like copped out. So that could have been a huge turning point, just like Elevator Gate could have been a huge turning point. But that's the thing; point. it seems like it's all very flipped <laughs> on its head. Like in in these guys' perspectives, it's like the people trying to do the work to move past and evolve mm-hmm. and uh, you know take a stand against bigotry in the scene are the ones that are being told to shut up. And exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. Chrissy, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, 
I, I totally agree. Like, what do you think we're doing? We're not, <laughs> we're, we're fighting this and it, we're fighting it on multiple fronts, unfortunately. And yes, has, uh, religion does dump problematic things. Yeah. And of course they're going to continue to do that and we're going to continue to be an issue, but, uh, and, and maybe, um, Daniel, you can back me up a little on like, for instance, this new group, I think they're called fair. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I've been, I've been kind of vaguely looking into them, but yes, I'm, I'm aware. Yes. I, 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 I am. I am not aware. Can you, ex- can you explain please? Oh, I want to. Thanks for listening to another episode of polite conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it or contributing via Patreon patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes no ian mangoes also you can follow me on twitter at nice mangoes if you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly patreon one you can do so via paypal nice mangoes.blog at gmail.com remember no ian mangoes if you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest you can email me there too 